have you had any moments of darkness where you've considered not transitioning to a career in code and sticking with teaching? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't. <laughs> oh, that's good. So 13, 14 episodes in, that's probably reassuring for our longevity. I haven't for the last year or so, I would say. Right. I've had a few moments late at night. I've woken up and thought, is that doing the right thing? But I think on balance, I think you are. Yeah, it's certainly what I would do in your position. I haven't ever thought about not leaving it. I've actively thought about not having to be a teacher ever again and it keeps me going the question this week is how do you learn what are some techniques yeah, and this is going to be a more ed heavy episode than we've had previously perhaps because this is definitely a, a topic that you know a lot more about than i do yes as i am a teacher <laughs> and i'm also teaching myself to learn at the same time um yeah i feel like i've got some things i can share with you for once when you made your transition, was it hard to get back into the learning game? The learning came naturally early on because it was a hobby that then evolved into. It was When I first started doing it, it was just a side thing to what I was trying to do. I was trying to make a career in music and be a music journalist um, and learning to code was just a way of making that side of things easier. And then I found myself tinkering and that kind of spread. So it was never formal learning for it. And so, well, maybe once... I started doing it freelance. I would then I signed up for a whole load of courses and, and did lots of online, followed along with lots of tutorials and courses. Yeah, the learning side of it, I never thought about specifically. Was there not a point where you thought, I want to do this for my career, so I need to start learning about it properly? Yeah, after I had announced to the world that I was going to do it as a career and <laughs> I got my first <laughs> client, that was when I thought, oh, well, actually, I may have committed myself to some stuff that is perhaps beyond my ability. I'm going to need to up my game. So that first year, particularly, I did do a lot of what I class as on-the-job training because then you have specific things that need to be learned that come from a project. Well, what did that entail? I spent a lot of money on lynda.com. <laughs> <laughs> had a subscription there for about a year um, which was at the time was fabulous I probably would maybe recommend something like Egg, Egghead or like specific courses from specific people like um, Wes Boss or something or just messing around on YouTube now rather than doing that but at the time lynda.com had some fantastic courses particularly a WordPress one by Chris Coyer that I did when I was first learning WordPress and that was fantastically useful I think you've mentioned Chris Coyer before a few times <laughs> I think I, we have a, a card for talking about mentors in the works uh, for maybe a future episode, and I would, I would. There are a few people who I have never met and who have no idea that I exist. I'm, I'm no one to them. <laughs> they are celebrities, but I, they've had a very, very big influence on me. So there's been times where I've kind of followed all their courses and read all this, read all the stuff that they write and listened to their podcasts and think, oh, that's that person's got it going on. I'm going to try and emulate them as much as I can. And for a while, Chris Coyle was one of those. Mm, interesting. Did you find the tinkering around with stuff actually got stuff stuck in your memory? Yes. Uh, generally, you'd have to do it more than once, I found. Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, do, just doing something once and then thinking, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. Sometimes things would be, they'd be really tricky and you'd have to get through them. And I'd have to really, like, like, I do not know this. I have to learn it. I have to do it now. Um, and then you find a tutorial or you stumble around for someone who's talking about having done something similar and you try and adapt it. Or you yeah, follow along with something that matches specifically the thing you're trying to do and throw a lot of stuff at the wall. Some of it works, some of it doesn't is often the thing that I find. So that, oh, sometimes when I've achieved something, I don't necessarily know what it was that I did that fixed it, <laughs> which is a horrible sensation. 
Um, and often those things, if like particularly like DNS things, were things I just ignore. I, I could get the thing done by Googling and focusing on it for a couple of hours. But then as soon as I was done with it, that information was out of my brain, never to be seen again until the next time. But then I guess that's the sort of information you don't need to keep around. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the things that I have needed to keep tend to be the things that come up regularly and then they just by osmosis stick so i have to google less yeah the more i do them yeah i was reading an article recently actually about that stuff you should learn and kind of keeping your priorities straight because like developers seem like people that will come across something and then get distracted by something or other and just deep dive into it whereas you should really be focusing on whatever you were in the first place and i guess that uh that affects learning doesn't it when you <laughs> when you anything that you've a word you come across that you're learning about is great to know about it but if you kind of just follow that down and spend the next three hours finding out about that it's not necessary a lot of the time um that's not, that, that describes quite accurately how i approach things often <laughs> so they're saying that's a bad thing they're saying don't do that yeah well yeah <laughs> They're saying save it for a, like an, allot- an allotted time or a time where you're not meant to be focusing on a certain project that's got a deadline coming up or something. Mm, I don't know. You're yeah. working on a project and you, you suddenly find out about WebSockets or something and then you start you spend three hours searching what those are. But then that's in com- if it's come up, it's in context of doing something. And- but maybe if it's in a tutorial and you just, you just need to know that you need to put it there for it to work, you don't actually need to know how it works at that point. Well... That was a weird noise. Um, you could disagree; it's fine. I just that's that wasn't my opinion. That was just. I'm not sure if I. Yeah, I think it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, my my particular path is definitely. I don't know if there's a name for it, but I would call it like new shiny development. <laughs> that my progression is. Oh, that thing looks interesting. Let me do that for as long as I can at the expense of everything else. Yeah, I think that's what they were suggesting not to do. <laughs> uh, but I, that is that. I've often found that those instances that's kind of my brain telling me that oh this is something that you you like do more of this and by doing that that's those are the areas where I end up specializing and that reaps better rewards later on because you've gone having gone deeper on something that maybe you ought to have done for the specific task at hand leads on to yeah, a deeper level of knowledge that is infinitely more useful in the long run so are there any tutorials where maybe you've got halfway through and then got distracted by something and haven't finished them? Oh, would you say? Uh, I would, many, many, many hundreds. Do you think you're worse off yeah. for not finishing those tutorials? I guess it's a hard question to answer, isn't it? No, but, I think it's like often I sink time into things and don't get much out of them. I think the times when I've abandoned tutorials are more often... I mean, sometimes I just get distracted and don't get don't come back to them, but more often than not, it's a sense of, oh, I've got the gist of what's going on here. I don't necessarily need to go any deeper. Mm. So it is a kind of a self-disciplined thing of like, I'm not going to invest any more time in this thing. I'm going to get out now. I find that really hard to do because I'm a bit of a completionist. Mm. Yeah, I have that instinct too. It's something you have to fight against. I like to get from start to finish and make sure I've looked at every single, read every word or looked at every single minute of the video, for example. Now, I act, I actively fight against that when I'm doing stuff because that's my instinct too. Um, and I've found I've never regretted giving up on something. <laughs> In that con- in the in the context of learning something, reading something, or consuming a tutorial that I feel is not entertaining, I'm just doing it for the pure utility of it. In those instances, when I've come across, when I've got to a point and gone right, I'm going to just leave this. I've got, I think I've got enough. Maybe not. I don't have the complete picture, but I've just got just enough. Every time I've done that, I've I've not come back and regretted that later on. I guess that's a lot to do with being kind of actively engaged with what you're doing, and if your brain 
is telling you this is something that is going to be useful to you and you're going to enjoy at the same time then i guess you're going to learn a lot quicker if your brain's more engaged oh absolutely and i think the one the ones that i've gone through step by step and just have done it by rote so the tutorial says do this thing next and i blindly copy that thing out even if i'm typing it myself and not actually copy pasting i can just get into a rhythm where i'm just going reading what i've learned i'm just doing what i'm told in order and then that, that i find when i get into that mode that doesn't stick and i can do hours of that and actually at the end of it have a full-fledged project or application or something that i've built but you feel like you, you don't know what how you built it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, or yeah i couldn't do anything other than that exact thing i couldn't yeah. then take that knowledge and adapt it in another context but we, we've talked about this in the in previous episodes haven't we where we said maybe you've got to change things while you're doing it to make those mistakes happen so that you can actually realize what's going on under the hood yeah absolutely i think and those are the instances where you go into the the rabbit hole of oh this one thing is throwing an error every single time no matter what i do um, and you have to debug that it's the debugging that is more useful for my learning i've found anyway yeah and i guess that's a useful skill to have as a programmer sounds like that comes up quite a lot debugging <laughs> yeah i think it would be it would be the first skill i would teach people who will if i was arranging a course i think debugging <laughs> learning that yeah things do not always work and often do not work and the first time you try almost anything it's probably not going to work so you need to know why <laughs> and probably the second time and third time as well <laughs> we've done the first bullet point would you believe <laughs> well so, so what this is a good instance of my my approach tends to be quite rambly and i don't know what i don't necessarily absorb what i've learned so what would you say like we've been talking about mindlessly doing following tutorials and stuff what would you say is that what's the distilled point of that well, you've kind of disagreed with me, but I would say you need to be kind of actively, your mind needs to be engaged in what you're doing. Like you said, when you're mindlessly wandering off or you're kind of, you've turned off and you're just following the motions, you're not really, your brain's not really active much there. You're just kind of just duh, 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 following along a tutorial. You need to make sure that you are engaged and committed to what you're doing. It feels to me then that we're actually agreeing. I think it's about the engagement and being present in the thing that you're learning. And we just have you. So you were thinking of going off on tangents as being a distracting thing, where I was thinking of going off on the tangents is where you find the stuff that you're engaged in. And I guess we could relate it to the show notes for this episode. I've got a nice bullet pointed list of things, and you've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that accurately summarises the uh, difference. I would, in our approach, I would I say think. you're more tangent tangential than I am. <laughs> you like a good tangent. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Huh. I know it's not, not not necessarily deliberate. Just just happens. Hmm. But I'm more I, yeah I'm more I'm more inclined to want to sort of explore the the tangents when they come along. Perhaps yeah. Well, and, and another one of my points was you, and I think you kind of briefly mentioned this earlier, is about how you did something once and then you can't remember it ever again. That is that is a a known learning technique is that you need to make sure you repeat things but there's kind of certain times when you can do it so you kind of learn things once leave it a day learn it again and then leave it a week and the times can they vary for each person but the times you want to do it are when you're it's a bit hard to judge but when you're about to forget it <laughs> so and then you're on the verge of forgetting something that's when you need to learn it again you need to look over it again and then when you're then again on the verge of forgetting it that's when you then look back at it again that period gets exponentially longer each time you do it and then that's what gets things stuck in your long-term memories if you're building a django app every couple of weeks or something then you're going to get the processes of how you start the app off and what you need to type in to get it running they're there fresh in your mind but then if you suddenly stop 
then you don't do it for a couple of months when you come back to it you might not remember but that's because you've you've kind of waited too long whereas if you'd like recapped it after a couple of weeks it's still in your memory and then it'll last with you for a longer time Hmm. so you're saying is that better than that can't be better than just doing something every day for a very long time well obviously well obviously not but there's so much to learn in tech isn't there you can't do that you can't do that for every single thing Mm -hmm. so there are gonna be some things like maybe setting up a dns or something but then in those cases i guess you just want to make just jot down a note of what you did at the time and then you can come back to it if it's not something you need to come back to yeah i have yeah i have nested folders within nested folders of markdown files telling me how i did things (laughs) yeah it it took me a long long time to learn but eventually i did learn that i should when i'm doing things that i don't do very often i should write them down even though (laughs) even if i've done them twice before because i'm always i'm just googling the same things every time yeah so you could save a lot of time doing that um as long as you've got a good system for searching through those notes (laughs) but i guess for someone starting out learning to code or learning anything then you're going to be learning more kind of basic fundamental things than just maybe how to set up a server or something. You're going to be learning the the foundations of coding and of a language, for example. So that's when you those so those are the sorts of things that you need to be able to remember over a long t- period of time. And like what to use when to use certain methods in JavaScript when you came across reduce an array and map and reduce you said you found those really useful whereas you might forget you might have looked at them once when you were learning javascript but you now can't remember them because you've never used them again or you didn't even know that you needed to use them so those are the sorts of things maybe put them in a flashcard or something and then you can just come back to them at a later date when you're just about to forget them it's going to take a bit of effort i guess but probably worth it <laughs> yeah i think so I, I i can tally with my own like, anecdotally my experience of like learning things like I, the pattern that you're describing, the staged repetition, looking back, that pattern of staged repetition makes sense. Like I can see that having happened in retrospect, but I have never been organized enough to plan it. But the cases when things have stuck and been learned successfully. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, you have learned this thing. <laughs> yeah, when that has happened, it, yeah, it's been that process. Yeah, and it does sound like a bit of a hassle, doesn't it? But um, there are actually tools to help you do these things. So one that I use, or used to use frequently especially when i was learning things at uni and languages but i haven't used and i might pick up again having talked about it today is something called anki i don't know if you ever come across this no no so it's an app or it's like a web app but they've also got an app that you can buy on the app store and things but you make your own flashcards and then you tell it how well you've remembered the thing so you might so you've got like three options where one is i've completely did not know this at all um and then you re re relearn that in 10 minutes for example and then the next one is i kind of i was okay at that so you click that and then it gives it to you a day later so it's kind of a way of ordering flashcards and it gives you it gives them back to you at the time that it thinks that you're forgetting them so that Mm. so it's it does all that it does all the hard work kind of behind the scenes and you can you can change all the settings if you've got a different period but it gives you like the what it expects for an average person to be forgetting so you just have to make the flashcards and start working on them and then it tells you when you need to relearn them and that's just a general tool that you can put any kind of content into yeah yeah i mean i think it's used for learning languages a lot but yeah there are and then already on the anki i think it's ankiweb.net there are shared decks so people have made decks for like javascript things and python things as well oh, okay so there are already some up there i mean not a lot of them are high quality because they're just made by people in their spare time but you might want and i i would suggest making your own one so as you come across things you can just add them in say oh that's a really useful function i might want to come i won't want to use that again i'm just going to pop that into a card you just maybe spend five ten minutes at the beginning of each day or the end of each day just looking over the cards in your deck and then you can just 
keep these things in your mind. Oh, so it could be just like adding that small amount, like 10 minutes of structure to a day at some point where rather than having one specific thing that you're trying to learn over time, you every time you come across something new, you'd be like, oh, I'll make a card for that. And this will handle the remembering process. Yeah, and you can you can make kind of different folders for it. So you could have, if you're looking at a couple of different languages, you could have a JavaScript one, a Python one, and just add things to them as you go along. So it's, yeah, I think it's a really useful tool. That's Anki, A-N-K-I. Oh, I'll definitely try that out. That sounds really useful. And now as a teacher, one of the things that annoys me the most is... At school at the moment is kind of exam heavy time. GCSEs are coming up. Students are getting towards the end of term assessments, especially I'm a a year nine form tutor. So they're all thinking about choosing their GCSE options and they're very worried about their exams. But what I see a lot when they're doing revision is they just sit there with a book open and just read through their notes. And every time I just scream at them, I say, what are you doing? It's such a waste of your time. Why would you do that? That's zero benefit. <laughs> it's one of the least useful things you can do is just reading through something. Because like you say, like it's, that, it's that one time, isn't it? You read through it. And then one of the problems is you, can, you think, I'm going to read through that again. You feel like you know it, but you're not. You're just, you're just feeling more comfortable with the words that you've read because yeah, you've read them yeah. before. You're not actually learning anything. You just, as you read over it again and again, you're just feeling more comfortable you're not actually learning so do not read over stuff <laughs> do read well, over yeah, don't, yeah. yeah don't just don't just read it read it and then put it into maybe some flashcards or write some notes down about it okay and don't don't highlight no one cares about that and i'm sure you wouldn't do that anyway as we're all tech people on computers and things so it's awkward to highlight but take notes if you're reading like an article or something that you're not going to refer back to later yeah ah. And there's, val- <laughs> and there's value in doing it in your own words, I guess, is that then? So you're not just by rote copying something. Yeah, down. exactly. I mean, what's the point in copying it down? It's already there, isn't it? So if you're going to make notes on something, make notes for yourself. And I, I think that ties quite closely to the concept of like then trying to tell it to other people as well, like communicate the idea forward. Or just te- teaching it to someone else. Yeah, that I've found that fantastically useful when I've been picking up dev things. Mm. And there's that thing going around, isn't there, where you have to explain it like I'm five. Can you explain the thing you've just learned as if a five-year-old will understand it? Um, I'm sure there's lots of things in tech that five-year-olds won't understand, but if you can get down to the nuts and bolts of it and explain it like that, you really understand that topic. It's kind of the more simply you can explain a topic, the more you know about it. And breathe. Sorry. That was <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> Nice to see you get riled up. <laughs> oh, it's just such a waste of time to just sit there with the books open and just staring at them. You know, so I'm revising, I'm reading, I'm reading. And you're doing nothing. You're wasting your time. In my defence, I knew that when I was a teenager. I just didn't do anything else instead. I, just, <laughs> I can not be in class now. <laughs> it looks like I'm revising. <laughs> I feel like I'm revising. And then you end up with rubbish results. <sighs> I didn't know that either as, when I was a teenager, to be fair. <laughs> So it's more so rather than just blindly consuming something, you should reinterpret it to a level that makes it more abstract, becomes more of a concept than just a specific string of words on a page. Is that the gist? Yes. Yeah. Because I think a lot of the time people think they understand things. And then when you ask them maybe to explain it, I mean, I get this a lot. I find it hard to explain a lot of topics that I feel like I understand. You kind of, mm. within yourself, you feel like, oh yeah, I've got a really good gist on that. I could really explain that to someone. But could you sit down in front of a class of people or sit down in front of someone who's not in tech and ex- like explain actually what is going on here? Yeah, sometimes it's just um, you just need to write your thoughts down, even if you're not te- even if it's not for any kind of consumption, like as if you're writing a blog, write a blog about the thing that you've just learned. I find that's often very helpful. And 
it comes to the it comes back to the idea of rubber ducking as well. Is that a concept you're familiar with? Yes, I'm I'm aware of that. Where you just talk through your code to either a rubber duck or hopefully someone else, but you just talk through it basically line by line, don't you? Yeah, and I I mean I came to that very organically and just like talking to colleagues about problems, and I would often often find that just the act of explaining of trying to get my thoughts in order to explain the problem to someone else meant that I then found the problem which I think is probably the same concept isn't it it's like it's not just like you have to have some kind of understanding of how it all fits together and you you can't explain it to someone else if you don't have that at all but you can I think what you're it sounds like you're saying is that you can trick yourself into thinking you know it when actually you don't have that kind of higher level of understanding and it's not until you try and explain it to someone else that you even realize that you don't know it yeah it's, it is useful to talk through either what you're learning or the code you're working on and that's why you've got to say it out loud isn't it because if you're just saying it in your head you, you're probably going to miss stuff but if you've actually got to say it out loud hear yourself say those words you're more likely to be more honest i guess <laughs> about mm. what what you're seeing in front of you or what you actually understand yeah i mean we had a concept when i was at university of knowing something in the head versus knowing it in your hands uh, specifically with playing an instrument but you could know you could learn where the notes are in a piece of music but until you had the muscle memory and it had done it multiple times mm. I don't know maybe that's two different concepts because there's the the element of the muscle memory that does come with code which is just blind repetition of monotonous tasks means that you get to do them better being able to find in project and bounce from page to page and jump move you just like moving your cursor around yeah a, a on a page of code that is not something that you would sit down and, and like learn the abstract concepts of it's just something you do and the more you do it the better you get it's like when you learn to drive isn't it you at first you're really thinking about it and then it just becomes something natural you don't think about you putting your foot down on the clutch you don't think about braking and that's why people get so good at vim because everything that they do is just kind of in their heads they're just moving around the screen they don't know what buttons they're pressing necessarily yeah. they're just they're just moving around the screen and getting things done yeah and you think of i think of that kind of stuff as, as muscle memory even yeah, yeah. i suppose it's well it is isn't it yeah 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah, you do have to move your hands we're not communicating with computers tele- yeah. to block telepathically yet yeah, but then there's the concept of the difference between like, knowing something in the abstract and having done it a few times in a quote-unquote real-world scenario, which is the the equivalent of knowing it in the hand. If you're drawing, you can see I know that that I can see that that thing is that shape, and I have a mental image that that thing is that shape. But can I reproduce that shape with my hand and a pen mm. and a pencil on some paper? It's like you're just you've got to prove it haven't you that you actually know something in your head the knowledge is fantastic but absolutely useless until you actually apply that knowledge to doing something in the physical and in the same way that it's all well and good reading loads of books about how to start up a business and be an entrepreneur doesn't mean anything until you actually do it yeah the proof is in the pudding as they say as part of the coming back to the staged repetition stuff is probably staged doing stuff so do something once if it's something that you're not going to be doing every single day but is still maybe something that you want to remember then wait a little bit and then maybe try and make another flask site from scratch or something so these are kind of my top tips for learning just make sure you're actively engaged make sure you're doing stage repetition with flashcards maybe use anki don't just read stuff make sure you're making notes using your own words on it try and teach something to, to someone else and i've mentioned it before but exorcism.io is a really good place to do that so you can kind of work through some problems and then you can help other people solve them as well kind of you become um we were talking about mentors earlier weren't we but you can kind of become a, a mini mentor to some people and help them through some 
challenges that you've had. And every time I've done that, I've learned something new, even though it's like a really simple coding challenge that's five lines long. I have learned something new or a different way of doing something or a different way of approaching something. So it's always worth, even though it feels like a really simple problem, that you'll be surprised at the amount of t- the amount of ways that the most simplest of problems can be solved in code. And I'm sure you've come across that. Is that because of the unpredictability? Are you because it's real people that are asking questions? Are you getting? Is it just because these simple problems are just being phrased ever so slightly differently? Is that what it's exposing the differences? Do you think it's that really understanding a problem, isn't it? And you're seeing yeah. it from all the different angles that people are coming at it from. So you are taking each kind of you're kind of absorbing all these different people's ways of thinking, aren't you? When you're mm. mentoring someone or when you're teaching someone, and that comes up a lot in teaching. When you're, I did, I do a coding club at my school, and it's quite interesting to see how the students approach problems and we've been trying to get them i've I've been trying to get them to think a bit more logically about things instead of just blindly like mashing at the keyboard or Mm -hmm. uh, doing things like that i'm not trying to get them to think through problems like right what's the first step what's the second step what's the third step and i think that comes from time doesn't it making sure you're thinking computationally about problems instead of just thinking mindlessly i've found that i've started thinking about all sorts of things differently since i've been learning about like programming and working through problems have you seen that video of the the dad who gets his children to write him out some instructions on how to make a peanut butter sandwich no i've not seen that but i can imagine i can understand what you're saying that was kind of the first thing i did with my coding club they have to write out the instructions to make a cup of tea <laughs> yeah, a, well I, yeah, I loved that because a it was a brilliant piece of trolling by the dad i mean that's if I, when i have children i'm absolutely going to do that with them and drive them crazy <laughs> but it was also at the same time as well as being hilarious it was also a very good description of what it's like to try and get a computer to do something yeah it's a very a very literal thing whatever you tell the computer to do it will do won't it but you have to tell it you have to know to tell it to do it and you have to tell it every single step <laughs> yeah so the kid the, the children would have for, for those who haven't seen it the children would like write out a list of instructions that would be say get some bread put peanut butter on the bread and you have a sandwich and the dad would then get a loaf of bread out of the cupboard put it on the table get a jar of peanut butter and just drop the jar of jar on top of the bread <laughs> packaging on entirely and and then the kids would go oh no that's not what we meant yeah. and, then, and then that sounds just, fantastic yeah, and, and each each step they would get a little bit more precise but he would find new ways to do exactly what they said but in a way that they totally didn't mean so like the concept of the the evil genie as well have you uh, come across that one no i haven't no so there's a genie and he's just an absolute like really evil person he's just totally out to get you so he will do exactly what you say like exactly what you wish for you will get but it will be in the worst possible way imaginable (laughs) so you're getting exactly what you want but it's horrible (laughs) and that's i think in a kind of peculiar way that is a very very analogous to trying to get a computer to do something yeah i know i've not come across the evil genie but i'll be sure to keep my eye out for him yeah it's an exercise an exercise in phrasing something so that you can yeah try and get around the second order effects that you haven't thought of essentially yeah. yeah and i'm sure we'll have links to both of those in the show notes for those curious listeners oh, i hope so because that <laughs> the sandwich one was hilarious <laughs> so make sure you take on board these tips you won't regret it i am a teacher i'm qualified i did my training listen to what i gotta say if i catch anyone reading notes without making notes oh they'll be in trouble i'll give them a detention is this that really is your teacher voice isn't it that's a way to chastise our listeners right at the very end um. but yes take them on board if you wish i, I will uh 
I'll be gentler to our listeners than to my students. <laughs> so, so remember that, listeners, and if you don't do that, you'll end up with a detention. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, and make sure you're telling all your friends about the podcast and all our fantastic ways that we learn things. And if you don't share the word about the podcast, then again, you'll have a detention, and you'll regret it. So do, sh- do share. There will be trouble. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Ciao. Bye. 